You're listening to Mind Your OT Business, a podcast to empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, the ever honest, always 100% real, Laura Park Figueroa. I'm the founder and owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a leader in the nature-based therapy movement, as well as a business coach for therapist entrepreneurs exclusively in my Business Better Ops group coaching program. I hope that what you hear on this podcast will empower you to take action, even when you feel a little bit afraid. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hello, hello, friend. Laura here. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to say that I hope you are having a great day in your business and as an entrepreneur. I did not yesterday. I had one of those days yesterday where I felt like nothing I did mattered. I felt completely insignificant and small. It felt like everybody else's businesses have traction except mine. I can't do anything right. Everyone is so much more talented than me. I'm just a loser, just worthless, all of that, all of that. It was just not a great day. I got a few things done, but really, oh, it was just one of those just really down days. And the reason I share this is because we all have those kind of days, You are not alone. No matter where you are at in your entrepreneurship journey, you're not alone in those feelings. So everyone has these feelings, no matter where you get in business, no matter what it looks like on social media, no matter what even your close friends may or may not share with you, you are not alone in the feelings you have as you run a business in this roller coaster of the up and down of emotions. And sometimes I had a close friend just say to me, why do we do this? Sometimes it would just feel like it would be easier to just go work a job somewhere. And it's totally true. So I want to encourage you. Today's a new day. I'm feeling a little better. <laughs> but I want to encourage you that you are not alone in that. You are you are not alone in having bad days as an entrepreneur. And we really need to learn how to reach out to others to normalize the experience of the roller coaster of emotions that we go on. So I hope for you that you have a business best friend or a few who you have a safe space to share those emotions with. That is so important. So I wish that for you. And I just want to share that you are not alone if you have had any bad days lately. But I hope your day is going great today as you listen. And I have a few announcements before we dive into this episode, some very exciting announcements. I'll save the best one for last. But the first is that I learned that some people who I thought knew about the OT Entrepreneurs Group on Facebook do not know about it, even people that I interact with pretty frequently on Instagram. So I was kind of surprised by that. And I realized that I may need to tell people about it more. So I moderate a large Facebook group of OT entrepreneurs. It's called OT Entrepreneurs. One thing that someone mentioned to me in an Instagram exchange is that changing the name or including Mind Your OT Business in the name of the group might be helpful to help people understand that I moderate the group. And so I might be doing that, but I'm keeping the OT Entrepreneurs part at the beginning so that people will be able to find it because I have mentioned it before on the podcast and I don't want to change the name of the group because then people would go searching OT entrepreneurs and mind your OT business would not 
pop up in the Facebook search bar. So I'm going to keep the name, but I might add Mind Your OT Business to the title. There are 9,200 plus entrepreneurs there (laughs) for collaboration and networking and getting your questions answered. It is a great place to crowdsource opinions, you know, like to ask people for advice about something that's going on in your business if it is something like I just talked about that we all may have gone through before. I hope that that group, my goal in moderating that group well and keeping it a very collaborative and safe space for people to be honest about things, my goal is that that group really helps support you, that it's the first thing in your mind when you think of a conundrum in business, you're like, oh, I should ask the OT Entrepreneurs Group. I often tell people in my Business Bedrocks coaching program and in coaching sessions with business owners to go there to ask a question when I may not have a sufficient answer for a question or a problem that they're having in their business. Because when you get so many business owners together, you can crowdsource. You can reach into all of their brains and find out what has worked for a majority of people rather than just one person. So it is a really awesome group. And I would encourage you to go there and join us if you have not yet. So speaking of networking, this is my exciting announcement. I cannot wait to tell you. We are meeting in person this year in 2021 for the OT Entrepreneur Summit Live. This is very exciting. So many of you that are listening may know that I plan a yearly event with Trish Williams, the OT Entrepreneur Summit. And we've done it the last two years online. It's been a virtual summit in May each year. And this year we will actually next, we were planning for next year to be in person, but We've hired some event planners and marketing experts to help us, and we feel like with the experts helping us plan everything, we are ready to go for this year, 2021. Many of you asked for this in the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group, and initially I was like, that's too much to pull off. There's no way we can do it in 2021, but the event planners have said it's possible, and we have booked the dates of November 12th to the 14th, so mark your calendars now, save the dates. We are going to announce location soon. It will likely be in a warm U.S. location. That is all the detail I have right now. Possibly Florida or Southern California. Those are kind of the options, but it may be somewhere else that's warm in November. And it's just going to be a fabulous time of connection with other OT entrepreneurs and being together after a year of being separated and being apart and being isolated because of COVID. We are so excited to create this space where we can all be together. And the goal of the Summit Live is to work on your business. We we probably, a lot of us have heard that term of in order to grow and scale your business, you need to work on your business rather than be working in your business all the time. I believe that is a term that was coined by Michael Gerber, who wrote the e-myth, which is the entrepreneurship myth, I think is the full meaning of that term, the e-myth. And he talks about needing to step back from delivering the services in your business to actually work on the systems in your business. That is a lot of what my Business Bedrocks program does with people. When we we take people through the Business Bedrocks program, a lot of it is just carving out the time to work on your business, getting those systems in place so that your business can be on autopilot as much as possible without you. And we want this event to be similar. So what we don't want to do is have Sage on a stage, you're just learning from someone and you're not getting time to actually work 
and do those things in your business. So it's going to be workshop style. That's kind of the theme that Trish and I have been talking with the event planners about. So it's going to be incredible. It's going to be relaxing. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be a big party and celebration and also help you get a lot done on your business. You'll go home feeling like you got stuff done. We cannot wait. So please mark your calendars, plan to be there with us, and more details will be forthcoming very shortly. As soon as we know, you will know, I promise. Especially if, I forgot to tell you, go to otentrepreneursummit.com and make sure that your best email is on that email list. Trish and I do not use that email list to market anything to. We we don't share our own content to that email list. That email list is only for the summit. And if your name is on that list, you will know the details as quickly as we know them, we promise. So we can't wait to share them. So as soon as we know, we will send it out to you. Okay, that was the big announcement. We are now going to dive into this episode of the Enneagram 5 in our summer Enneagram series here. Tell me how you like this series. The intro episode, if you have not listened to it, is episode 52. So if you are just now tuning in to the Mind Your OT Business podcast for the first time, welcome. And if you have not listened to the previous episodes in the Enneagram series, make sure you listen to the intro episode, which is episode 52, before you dive in. It's not that you can't listen to this episode without it, but it does help orient you to what the Enneagram is and the format of the interviews and what we're learning from all of these different OT entrepreneurs sharing their hearts with us and their experiences as different Enneagram types. I would love to know if something you learned in this series has been helpful to you or encouraging to you. Feel free to share in the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group or send me a DM on Instagram at Laura Parkfig. One little branding tip I thought to mention to you all before we dive in. Really quick, I promise. I know I'm. this has been a long, this could be an episode in and of itself, this intro. One little branding tip. When you are creating your business, try to make your branding consistent across all platforms because I'm realizing that, you know, on Instagram, I'm at Laura Park Fig. On Facebook, I have the OT Entrepreneurs Facebook group. And then I also have the Mind Your OT Business podcast. And then I have Business Bedrocks as my group coaching program. So I feel like I need to streamline this for consistency. And I do know that like having a handle on Instagram of my name is very helpful because that's like me responding and I do manage that account. So everything you see on there is me. It's it's no one kind of producing it for me. So I, I just it's just a little tip to remind you all to make your branding consistent across all platforms because whew, I need to I need to work on that in my businesses. So Let's dive into the episode, and I look forward to hearing what you learn. Okay, welcome everyone to our episode in the middle of our series on the Enneagram and how it influences us as OT entrepreneurs. And today I have a lovely Enneagram 5 with me, the investigator, I think it is called. You are the investigator, yes. Okay. Hannah Eichley is here, and she is the owner of Roots Pediatric Therapy, which is a specialty feeding therapy clinic in the Scottsdale, Mesa, and Queen Creek areas of Arizona. They use a responsive approach to feeding and collaborate with the whole family for long-lasting success for children who have challenges with feeding. Welcome, Hannah. I'm so glad Thanks, you're here. Laura. I'm so glad to be here. 
So tell everyone really quick where they can connect with you online because we were just talking about this and I love your Instagram handle. So tell everyone, yes. So you can find me mostly on the Mealtime Maven on Instagram. And then the website for Roots is just www.rootspediatrictherapy.com. Yes. And you should see her website is lovely and she shares really great Instagram posts all about feeding and, and a little about like, I like how you share a little behind the scenes too, about how you are an entrepreneur, like how you work and how you run your business and delegation and like managing your time. I just think there's, there's something there for everyone, even if you're not a feeding therapist, I just want people to know that. So, okay, let's talk about who the Enneagram five is. So I'm going to, I'm on all these episodes, I'm reading a little bit from the Enneagram Institute website. The Enneagram type five is the investigator, the intense cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. So they describe Enneagram fives as alert, insightful, and curious. They're able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills independent, innovative, and inventive. They can also become preoccupied with their own thoughts and imaginary constructs. They become detached yet high, strong, and intense, and typically have problems with eccentricity, nihilism, and isolation. At their best, they are visionary pioneers, often ahead of their time, and able to see the world in an entirely new way. So the basic fear of Enneagram fives is being useless, helpless, or incapable. The basic desire is to be capable and competent. And then we've talked a little bit in episodes about the wings. So that is the number that's right next to your Enneagram number. So an Enneagram five with a four wing who kind of leans toward a four is called the iconoclast. And an Enneagram five with a six wing who leans towards a six is called the problem solver. Do you know what your wing is, Hannah? I do. I am definitely the Enneagram five with a six wing, the problem solver. Okay. Yeah. I wondered that because I saw your responses to some of the questions I sent you in advance. And I was like, I wonder if she's an Enneagram five with a six wing. So, okay. So let's talk about, does Does all that kind of resonate as I read that? Were you kind of nodding as I (laughs) went along reading? Yes. 98%. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things. Anytime you listen or read about your personality type, you want to really latch on to those good qualities, right? Of course, Mm -hmm. we want to be, you know, insightful and a visionary pioneer. Mm -hmm. And then you also hear the other parts and you're like, Ooh, high, strong, intense. Yep. (laughs) That's me too. And it's okay. Yes. I mean, I think that's why I love the Enneagram because it, it teaches us how to be, it's like a barometer, kind of a reminder of how to be healthy and the things to look out for as we run our businesses and work with teams and all kinds of relationships. I mean, it applies to all of life, but let's talk about your strengths. So let's talk about how do you feel like your Enneagram fiveness helps you in your work as an OT entrepreneur? What are your strengths? I would say the number one thing when I read, especially the five wing six being a problem solver number one thing that we need in business because every day you get problems and they might come bombarding at you and they might be large problems or seemingly small problems. And I am always diving in for the why, why is this Mm. happening? 
and I'm really analyzing everything and then I'm figuring out a solution. Yeah. So when I'm healthy and in a good mental space, that process is quicker, right? Problem comes in, I can analyze all the data, make a decision, take action. If I'm not, you know, in as healthy of a place mentally, then maybe I'll stew on it and overthink. So the strength is definitely problem solving and being able to analyze. (laughs) Do you feel like, what's an example? Can you, do you mind if I go off, off our three question list here and ask you, like, can you give me an example of, I'll let you pick a time when you were either healthy or when you were unhealthy, whatever comes to mind first, like what's an example for that, that people could understand how someone they work with who might be a five might either struggle or be great in making a decision. Right. I'll go struggle because in business, especially there's a lot Mm -hmm. of that in the beginning, you know, and I've had roots for almost two years now but it can really cause a lot of anxiety. So we might overthink everything. So if you say something to your coworker and you might feel like, oh, wasn't that big of a deal to be like really direct with them and say like, no, I'm not gonna help you move those things when that client comes, you know? And the five might be like, have that anxiety and be like, oh my gosh, now that person doesn't like me and how Mm. am I gonna repair this relationship and go on and on and on and really catastrophize and get into that mental pattern. So I think it is helpful for people to know that we will overthink things. And so we will pick up on the tone that people use and really, you know, subtle changes while communicating. So I think it's really important knowing that this person might be in a place where they're starting a new adventure, whether it's at work, maybe they're starting a new project and they haven't mastered it yet. So they're really insecure and anxious about it because we love mastery. We want to be really good at something and become experts in it. And so, for example, like when I started the business, I was not an expert and I had not mastered anything with business. So that was a huge area of life that was causing me to feel insecure. So then other things that maybe would have been easier before, like planning things for my family, you know, or even things within therapy realm that I was really good at now started to be like, oh my gosh, who am I to think that I can put this out into the world? And what do I have to offer? Because I had that huge gaping area that I was not masterful of yet. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, I've had, I've worked with people who are fives and I always have to remember that as an eight, I'm very direct and I tend to go, I'm also, I'm also a set an eight with a seven wing. So that's the seven is the enthusiast. So the eight is the challenger. So I'm an enthusiastic challenger. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> so, so with a five, what, what I try to remember is that my colleagues who are fives need more time. I need to give them more time to make a decision. They want to think more rather than be put on the spot to make a decision. Is that accurate as far as what you would think for a five or do you have advice for me? (laughs) I absolutely think so because if we're healthy, we're able to be decisive you know, and make Mm -hmm. decisions. But especially, you know, if we are in that area where we're in an overwhelmed place or capacity is full, then it will be really hard to make decisions. So I absolutely think giving more time. 
And for an example, like today, right, you're like, oh, I'll send the questions. And of course, I read them and filled them out. And that made me feel like, okay, I'm ready for this podcast. And now I don't need to have them pulled up, you know? So I think everyone is different. They just want to know. We we need information. Yeah. (laughs) If you remember nothing else about fives is we like rationale and information. Okay. That's helpful. Yeah. And just knowing too, that what you said too, about wanting to feel competent and feel mastery. That's another thing when working with colleagues or employees or, or as an entrepreneur, when you're on a team or leading a team of people, knowing that your, your Enneagram fives might really appreciate if you invest time in them to help them become competent or give them opportunities to help them build mastery over something. So this is great. This is great. Okay. So let's talk about, those are the good things. Let's talk about that. Well, we've kind of, we've kind of touched on some challenging things because you've been being very honest, but what is, I've been asking the question, what is your kryptonite? Like what's the Uber weakness that you have as a Enneagram five? Overthinking. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to go in into the maladaptive thinking patterns, then it's the catastrophizing. So okay. if we don't have really good boundaries or routines in place, for example, I might, you know, when I started the business, let's say I had a big business meeting or, you know, I was on a podcast or I was doing something totally new that I was not doing when I was previously an employee. I might then think about it for the rest of that day. Like even if it was a 15 minute interview, I might think about it for two days before and maybe two days after, maybe not even just the one day because I will have little things that pop up. Oh my gosh, should I have said it that way? Or I forgot to say this, or I should have summarized better or should have, could have, would have, unless you go home like I do and take an Epsom salt bath every night (laughs) about five days a week for good strategy. I will do that because it's like, that's how I decompress and decrease the sensory load around me. And I feel like I'm able to close the loop essentially on anything that Mm. happened that day versus going on and on and on with whoever will listen. Yeah. Which doesn't really work for your partner, for people that, (laughs) you know, have a partner out there. And when you're starting a business, it can be a lot, right? Because it's a lot for you and it's a lot for the people around you. If you are unhealthy and don't have good boundaries or practices in place to, move through those right. overthinking spells. Right. I think it sounds like you have some really great strategies in place that you've found that work for you, that keep you healthy as an Enneagram five, as you run your business, because it is, I would think that, I'm sorry, I have to interrupt our talk to say, if you hear, I'm doing the better done than perfect with this podcast episode today, because if you hear banging in the background, it's because I'm in a closet in my basement of my house that is a fixer upper. Do you hear there that? Is. That was loud. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, I'm just going to record and we're going to be okay that there's not perfect sound quality, but y'all are, this is my reality right now. Um, <laughs> I'm recording in a closet. Hannah can see me like on the floor in a closet in my basement while the house is being worked on above. So I think what I was going to say was that our health as any Enneagram type really relies on us knowing what we need to be healthy and building those routines and strategies into our life so that we're aware of (laughs) our weaknesses and how we can kind of avoid them. I think awareness is the key thing with the Enneagram. I think that's why I like it so much is it helps us be aware, uh, self-aware as entrepreneurs and as people. 
Okay. So let's, let's talk about the final question, which was your dreams for your business. And specifically, I want to hear your dreams and I want to hear how you think your Enneagram type has, has influenced that dream you have. Yay. The fun part. So I, the other day was trying to come up with a more clear statement about exactly that. Like, what is my really bold 10 year goal, you know, and I came up with, I want to innovate to liberate people. And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is amazing because what it is, is I want to innovate and figure out where we are now in the world and how we can take it to the next level, especially in the feeding world. And Mm -hmm. why would I want to do that? Because I want to elevate people. I want to liberate them from the chains that they're experiencing because of feeding and eating challenges and barriers to even accessing therapy and all these different things, or where I feel like there's gaps maybe in the care. Mm -hmm. So my big goal is I'd love to just have an integrative holistic feeding center where we would have everyone on site and it would be more of a place for community. So it wouldn't necessarily just feel like a sterile clinic or, Mm. you know, the hospital walls, because even though I'm a medical profession, I actually do not like the hospital setting at all. Yeah. (laughs) And so just having this center where everyone is on site. So we would have a GI doctor and, and we would have an allergist and we would have nutrition and, you know, dietetic professionals and speech English pathologists, and maybe we would need an airway dentist. So I would just love to have everyone there. And then definitely, you know, bringing in the family mealtime coaching and even therapy for families that maybe need to do talk therapy, you know, or different modalities of therapy that often become one more thing right now in our medical paradigm. And it's just hard for parents to find time for themselves and to prioritize their own healing, which often can impact the success of feeding their whole family. Because if they're not in their best place, then they have a lot harder time implementing things. And also it can feel really disjointed, you know, because they go from one person to the next no good communication. And I'm, I'm really referring to the outpatient setting, you know, in hospitals, they work differently. They often do have people on site, but I would love for this integrative center to really look for the root causes and Mm. figure out within the family system, maybe using a family system model, but also the root causes within the child, you know, what does their gut health look like? How is their immune system working? You know, just really different as many testing or, you know, collecting data and maybe that's my five to problem solve. (laughs) Yeah. Like we want to get all the data all at once, like within a day or two, and then we can make an amazing plan and really allow parents. Like I picture if someone wants to travel from the Midwest to Arizona to come to this integrative feeding center, then they know, right? Like their family and friends are on board, you know, so-and-so family is going on this adventure because I do often feel like feeding takes over the daily life, but it's more of a not as recognized, I guess. Right. Mm. So like if a family is going through cancer, their community might understand that better. Or I feel like with feeding issues, they're still really misunderstood. So the community of support sometimes just isn't there, even though it's agonizing because you have to feed your kids multiple times a day. So right. it's not, it's not, not an issue in your child that you can ignore at all. Like yeah, it's for incessant. Even a few hours. It's 
all the time, every day, constantly, and never going to end because we have to have nutrition throughout our lives. So it's such an important occupation. And I think, I think people that are outside of that specialty, like myself, I'm not a feeding specialist. We forget. And, and once you start to think about it, you realize, wow, like feeding is not just physical, it's psychological, it's cultural. There's so much context around it. It's just loaded. Mm-hmm. And when you just quick named off all those professionals that you could have at a feeding center, it makes you realize how important an occupation it is especially for children, the people that you're seeing, you know, that aren't even adults yet, like they're still developing and growing. So, so it's pretty obvious to me why you have this dream for your business, but why do you think your Enneagram five, how do you think your Enneagram five influenced this dream? I think it has to be the expertise and the mastery. Mm -hmm. Like it comes back to that again, because when I was a generalist OT in pediatrics, I just wasn't happy. Like I knew Mm -hmm for years and even starting back in high school that this is the route I wanted to go down with feeding. And it, it just, I always wanted to be able to dive in deeper. And I felt like when there were so many different diagnoses or issues coming up that were, you know, on the one hand I'm working on ortho and then the next hour I'm working on something totally different with right. some processing. And, and now with the center, it feels like everything I decide to do in my business. So maybe the courses I take, the events I go to, the people I talk to, the friendships I develop, they're all kind of in that realm, right? So I yeah. might work with a nonprofit and then I join an IOTA mealtime group and, and they're all synergistic. So I feel yeah. like they're coming together and it feels like I'm moving forward, even if that dream is pretty far away. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, I was thinking too, something else I was thinking is the data, Like you mentioned that multiple times in your dream about like having all the information to help you solve the problem, you know, because this disjointed approach of like, okay, well go see the GI doctor and then come back and tell me what, well, maybe it's swallowing, go see the swallowing specialist, Mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, I don't know who all you refer to, but, or, or maybe this is, you know, maybe you need some mental health support. So go over to this person, but it's all disjointed. And if you had it all at one place, you would be able to talk to those people, collaborate together and get all that information that your problem solving Enneagram five brain wants <laughs> yes. for, for great treatment, you know, to have a good outcome for your clients. Cause that is all that entrepreneurship really is when you boil it down, right? It's solving a problem that people value the solution enough for to give you money to solve it. So when you can specialize, and I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think that's an important point for anyone to remember when you specialize, that is where you can really start to grow a successful business because you develop expertise in something and solving a very specific problem rather than being a generalist. So yeah, I love this interview. I, there's so many things you shared and I feel like I learned too, cause I have a couple of people I know that are fives and I feel like I know a little bit better. It reminded me how to interact with them well and be a great colleague to them. So, yeah. And I think just remembering that fives really just want, I remember from the Enneagram site too, is like at least one area of expertise. So Mm -hmm. if you're a business owner and you are looking at your team and you want to figure out how to best serve them, like really dig in with that person and figure out what courses or how can I support them? What type of mentorship do they need to at least feel expertise in one area? So it doesn't mean that they 
can never, you know, work on other cases or in other areas, but maybe you realize they have some non-therapy based talents that they want to dive into and share. Yes. You know, maybe they create templates really well because they're able to kind of collect everything and synthesize or, you know, there's a lot of, I feel like non-therapy tasks that employees can also do that can move the business forward and also prevent burnout for your employee because they feel like they're getting differences in their day. You know, yes. they're able to really hone in and then mix it up a little so they get out of their head yeah. and then come back to that focus area. So, oh, that was really helpful too. I won't go into details about why, but I, I just, my brain is turning with some ideas now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so thankful to you, Hannah, for taking time to come on and thank you for sharing your heart with us. I'm saying that to everyone because this is very vulnerable to come on and share your weaknesses as, as a person. And so thank you. Oh, I appreciate you, Laura. And I hope that your home comes together just like my new home. Oh yes. I know we're both here. Like, okay, lots to do. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Moving is crazy town. (laughs) It is, but we're managing because yeah. when I'm healthy, I'm actually like an eight. So <laughs> yes, that's good. That's good. Okay. Actually, do eights go to, I think eights go to five in stress. Actually, let's talk about oh. this for a minute because they finally stopped vacuuming above me or now they're banging around again. Anyway, <laughs> one thing that is interesting to look at when you get deeper into the Enneagram, which I'm not going into much on these podcast episodes because it gets really complex, but there's the idea that when in stress, certain numbers act like different numbers, but in the unhealthy way, right? So in eight, me, when I'm, when I'm stressed, like if I feel overly criticized or like someone's trying to control me, I, I go to disintegration to a five, which is I retreat. I become very withdrawn. I go in my brain and I, I kind of shut people out. So it's interesting to look at the numbers and kind of see how you start to act when you are in moments of stress. And I go to a five when I'm in moments of stress. So the bad parts of a five, not the healthy five where you're a total problem solver, the withdrawn. <laughs> yes. So, and the isolated. But, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I guess it shows we're all fluid too. Right. So yes. sometimes I feel like when you do the test and you get one and you might be someone who maybe leans turn the negative and you really hook on to that, like it's okay to take the test again. And also we're fluid people, you know? Right. And so we are kind of, we might identify with something like a five and six, but also I love identifying with an eight because that means I've been able to take my intenseness and put it into action yeah. you know, to actually do things or just become more self-confident. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that every single type has good and negative qualities. Like mm-hmm. I know there's some people who don't like to use negative terms or things like that, but the reality is like, we all have things that we feel are negative about ourselves, whether we call them that term or not, you know, weaknesses or strengths are maybe better ways to say it, but just knowing that there's no best type, I think is really important for us to remember as we go through talking about these and that we are, we all can be successful entrepreneurs, you know, it's the self-awareness that is key. So reflecting and being self-aware. So I'm going to take this one out right here. And I'm just going to tell people to think about how you can relate to any Enneagram fives in your life by helping them have mastery, giving them time to think. What else, Hannah? And allowing them to be their most confident self. So 
by yeah. having that mastery, they can feel secure. <laughs> That's and great. Healthy. All right, everyone. So take a small step. I say it every week. Take a small step towards becoming more self-aware. <laughs> and until next time, mind your OT business. Bye-bye.